is Scuba Go Go Under the Sea. The podcast for the inquisitive diver. There we go. We're off and running. Um, first of all, Sucro, welcome to the show. Well, it's lovely to be here. I feel completely unprepared, but there we go. It was a bit short notice, wasn't it? Just a bit. Uh, just for those people that are listening, um, Sue has just finished on one of Gareth Locke's, or should I say Mike Mason's course now, his yes. first yes, Human his Factors first. course to live in Australia. Um, and I just happened to see that Sue was on the course, I think it was yesterday, and pinged her a message and said, hey, you're in town, come into the studio, let's talk about Oztech and the dive show. Um, so, Sue, um, how do you fancy giving people a little bit of background on who you are and why we're in the studio now? Well, um, I think probably today most people would, if they know me at all, would would know me through the show. So that would be Oztech, the advanced um, conference, and uh, now we're doing the Oz Dive show, so we're going recreational. Um, prior to that, um, I've been in the diving industry for a long, long time, but always sort of behind the scenes. I learned to dive in 1990, so it's a long time ago, and I was in Jamaica doing hurricane aid relief. And I learned for all all the wrong reasons, basically. I had a a boyfriend who was doing um, highline repair. So we were all there helping out after a hurricane, obviously. And uh, they worked six days a week. And when I got there on the seventh, they'd just learned to dive. So for the first week, I decided, well, you're working all week and then they go off diving. I'd better <laughs> learn to dive. <laughs> better jump on board. <laughs> so I did. And, uh, and it was a, well, it, apart from the fact it was a brilliant place to learn, my instructor was just awesome. It was a tiny little course. The reef was amazing, mm. and uh, and that was the beginning of the end, really, from my perspective. <laughs> so I spent all the spare time, my time diving, which became a bit of an issue for him. Yeah. So it was very amusing. Anyway, and, that, and I was over there waiting for visas and bits and pieces to come back to Australia. So when I came back to Australia, I picked up the diving. Mm-hmm. And uh, decided I'd like to do more, so I became an instructor. I was working as a journalist, a journalist by trade, mm-hmm. and on the weekends I worked down at ProDive in Coogee, okay. um, teaching, and did that for a, for a long, long time. And then a girlfriend of mine sent me a little snippet, and it said, Sue, there's the perfect job for you. And it was the uh, editor of Scuba Diver magazine. Oh, okay. And I'd only ever been a journalist, like I was quite new, and uh, and I thought, well, I, you know, I can't. I've never done that. How would I do that? Yeah. But I applied anyway because what have you got to lose, right? Yeah. Got the job and thought, oh no. <laughs> but I had another friend who was an editor, and I'd ring her up and say, "What's a pagination?" Because in those days, you know, everything was done on a piece of paper. You'd, oh yeah. You didn't do it on a, on a computer or anything like that. So yeah. the designers did, but you had to put a little piece of paper and we'll put an advertisement here and an article here. And so anyway, struggled through. I did that for about seven, nearly eight years and uh, and absolutely loved it. So that, that threw me headlong into the diving industry, I guess. So, you know, you learn, you, you learn a lot about the industry and you meet lots of people and you get to see lots of new things. They're like, it's a perfect job for yeah. something like that. Um, and then uh, there were quite a lot of changes, and the magazine went offshore. Got bought initially by Michael Owl. Okay. So 
and that went off and that has is now still scuba diver asia diver and then michael branched out to do so they're all still got their fingers in the magazine pie um and i floated about for a bit and did a bit of marketing on my own and then i was approached by tabata australia to go and work for them as a sort of general manager again nothing that i had ever done before Mm. but i think their logic was that i was fairly neutral you know whilst i knew a lot of people in the diving industry i wasn't aligned in any shape way or form so you can be quite political yeah and so um anyway i gave it a shot took it on board it's a japanese company i had to put in my resume without telling anybody whether i was a male or a female (laughs) which was interesting okay um but anyway, I got that job and I, I worked then. Then I had to learn about the sort of distribution part of the industry. So then it was wholesale distribution, um, much more interaction with dive shops and how that all worked. And we went through the emergence of online shopping, which was very painful for everybody. Yeah. Um, and the changes through that. So, uh, you know, I've always been, it's quite an interesting journey in that I can see, I've seen lots of different sides of the diving industry. Mm. Um, and then when that changed, I was really floating around, not really quite sure what I wanted to do. I'd been to every single Oztech. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one I went to as a journalist with my little journalist hat on thinking, oh, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be all, Blokes in black neoprene, you know, thumping their chest, technical rubbish. And was completely and utterly blown away by the stories. Not, I'm still not a technical diver Mm. uh, in any, you know, serious sense. So I just loved the stories and the things that people were doing. I, I didn't necessarily need to be at the bottom of that cave or you know, chomping through the jungle to discover cenotes or, you know, I just, but the stories were completely captivating and the characters and the, just the energy and the effort that they put into the passion of what they were doing. Mm. I was smitten. So, so I think the first few I went as a journalist and then I was an exhibitor for, with our, with Tusa and Tabata and what have you. And, um, then I was asked to be an MC, which was nice. So I went in to be an MC. And then basically David decided to sell. Okay. And so he had – it's quite taxing running it. I can imagine. Um, it's a bit of a labor of love. Uh, anything in the diving industry, people would uh, understand that, I think. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, well – I've been there. I've, I've, I know quite a lot of people. Strike is going to give me a hand. I'm talking about David Strike, of course. And, um, and so I took it on and I've been doing it. And that was just after the 2013 event and I've been running it ever since. So yeah, here we are. COVID's been interesting. But, <laughs> so here about to embark on 2022 and we're off to Melbourne. So that's yeah. very exciting. Well, I got a, um, I was on the, the course with Gareth actually on Friday, excuse me, <coughs> and um, the missus messaged me and she said she'd, she'd booked the hotel, we're good to go for Melbourne. Great. Um, 
where that one came out came right out left at field it must have just been something that popped up in her mind when she was in the office or something but um it seems like it's getting uber busy because it's um finals weekend down there as well isn't it's it? the the weekend before oh is it it's the finals weekend okay. thankfully okay. i think there is a i think there is a rugby league something yeah. going on because uh somebody said to me sue i just can't believe and it's like well everybody because of covid mm. the dates were almost impossible to even you know tie in yeah because everybody now wants to get back and be face to face um it, the uh, the online space has been fantastic and it's definitely i think we've all grown and i think that's a real positive out of mm. COVID. but there's nothing quite like being with a whole pile of people who are as passionate and you haven't seen for a long time and you know learning new stories or listening to someone directly face to face is yeah. is great and then you know the diving industry is so brilliant in so much as everybody's I would say fairly normal. There, there aren't too many people who are, you know, Simon Mitchell, who is like a guru in the in the medical space or the research space. He'll come down and he'll chat, and you know, all the speakers are like that. They're yeah. just only too happy to chat and get in there and answer questions and meet people, and they, it's pretty special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. There's so many names that I recognise and yeah. good friends that I've not seen for years as well because of COVID. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah, because the first one I went to was um, 2018. Right. So I did the dive show, or went to the dive show when it's boat show time, which is effectively this weekend in 2018. And I was a little bit disappointed because it was quite small and that's it was the, it was lost. The boat show one. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. It was kind of lost in the middle of the boat show. Yes, yeah, and then. Oztec came along and I'm like, ooh, that's a big difference. You know, it was much more um, blow your trumpet here, but it was much more organized. And, you know, it, it was all about the diving. It wasn't about boats and which which shoes you need to be wearing on deck. And Yeah. You know. I, I think that's always going to be the problem. I mean, obviously, they get more people at the boat show. Yeah. Um, and that's an, a, an appeal. And for, for some in the diving industry, that probably works quite well. So if you're trying to attract a new diver, for example – you know, maybe somebody who likes boats. But we used to have a show in, at the boat show for years. Mm. And um, it never, it just, it's, it's, it should be compatible. We should be completely compatible. Yeah. But actually we're not. No. I, I couldn't think of anything more further afield. Uh, you know, when you, when you look at Sydney Harbour or Darling, Darlinghur- Darlinghurst, Darling Harbour, whatever it's called. Yeah. Where they park uh-huh. the boats up. Yeah. It's all people with, a lot of money that want to go drink champagne and, and wear loafers. It's not someone who wants to get into a, a, a load of rubber, slap a tank on the back and dive into a cave of mud. No, there's uh, there's <laughs> lots of things you can say about diving, but being glamorous isn't one. Exactly. And, you know, when you're on your, you know, your white boat yeah. and, you know, everybody's all very tanned and toned. Um Yes, to cover it all up with a bit of neoprene and then disappear <laughs> off into the depths for a few hours doesn't quite work, does it? No, no. No, no. So, yeah. So here we are. And here we are, yes. And um, is, is there going to be – because I, I had a very quick look on the website, but I saw um, that there was a, a link to a scuba dive show. Is that is that the link to the one that's in Sydney or is no, that going to be separate? No, we are com- we're completely separate. Thought so. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ness runs the one at the boat show and she also runs, um, the Malaysian, 
um, dive show, which is yeah. phenomenally that successful. That's really good, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, um, and I'm, uh, it's very tricky and very difficult for her, particularly this year because she's overseas. Yeah. So very hard, but no, we're, we're separate from yeah. that perspective. Yeah. yeah. But we are embracing a more recreational feel, partly because, you know, just like myself, when I first went, I, I didn't, I hadn't, an image of what I thought it was going to be. Mm. And I was completely wrong. And I, and it's a very hard thing to explain to people that there are, there are going to be, if you, if you don't dive a rebreather, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to want to go and listen to, you know, say Paul Toomer talking about bailouts, for example, or, yeah. you know, so there are going to be those talks that you, you don't have to go to. Right. It's fair enough. But, you know, do you want to hear Dawn talk about, you know, working with the astronauts and using scuba and all the things that she does to get them up into space and talk about human resilience? Well, that's, that's pretty good. And, uh, you know, we've got so many people who are, have, do extraordinary things. You don't ever really have to be there to listen and get infected by the passion that they have um and so that's uh you know there are photographers who do amazing things and videographers who do extraordinary things um you know natalie lasseline she's in canada and she's doing the most amazing things up there Mm. under the ice in in extraordinary conditions that frankly you wouldn't I would not want to be there. I do not want to do it, but I just am so impressed yeah. that she does that and takes this. I mean, they just went through a blizzard. They're, they had all these tents on the ice and they were there. Um, well, I'll let her explain what they're doing, but that this massive snowstorm blizzard came through and they're just the most horrific pictures of them all huddled and scoop well, like tanks penguin, everywhere like <laughs> like, not looking as comfortable as penguins i have to say i just thought oh no thanks but great to hear yeah um so yeah it's uh it's 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 a it's a really good thing but we are making a bit more recreational so there are a few of the talks that we're going to open up to people who just come to the show mm. and when i say the show i'm i'm talking about the oz dive show which is Really the exhibition part of the show. And this is where you've got your travel and your, your training agencies and all the equipment, a lot of equipment. Yeah. Um, and we have, um, JDZ and Wayne who are doing a virtual cave. Uh, I don't know if you did that last time. No. So oh, it's hilarious. It's really clever. So it's virtual. You can go on a virtual cave. It's a local Mount Gambia cave okay. and, um, in 2019, you had to walk along a line. So it was like, so you had your ah, thing yes. on and you had your headset on and you can walk along and look at the cave as if you were. Anyway, JDZ tells me this year they've perfected it now. So you have to lie on a table and you can go through the cave. Uh, <laughs> lie down. But I mean, it's a spectator sport if you're in it or yeah. if you're watching someone else do it. Yeah. You know, looking around with uh, with oh, the oh. virtual headsets, and and the kids love it. Yeah, it's so good. I watched Chris Haslam having a go at the 
the one that you just explained where you're following the line by walking yeah and just watching him go around that for five minutes was hilarious hilarious yeah i, I wish know. i'd i wish i'd put it on camera to be honest that's right it's a, it's a, <laughs> so it's a, it's not only that but uh so it's um yeah so there'll be lots for everybody we've, we've got a lot of photography workshops so we've got um several you know very professional photographers so matty smith yep and um, Matt Crummins, he's a local professional down there. Yeah. Vanessa Torres Macho from Dive Center. Yeah, I met her the other Bonday. day. Yeah. yeah, she's doing free diving. She does a lot of free diving photography. Mm. Um, uh, so, and of course, Pete Mesley, he's, he does, he loves to do, he's, will be talking. He's mm-hmm. going to be talking about his recent experience where the boat disappeared under the water. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that will be very interesting because let's face it how many of us have ever had that happen yeah which, never... which boat was that one it was uh now i can't remember it was just recently a boat that sank in up near newcastle at, um, hmm? up near newcastle no no this was in um this was in the Cocos islands or somewhere oh. really you know and he had a big he had a big uh, group with him and they were all off for a trip of a lifetime <laughs> which it definitely turned out to be um, oh, is that, is that the one that had the fire on it? Yeah, ah, and sank. And yeah. so, you know, it was a fascinating – so he's going to be talking about that and the things that happened and the things that they learned mm. and the things that he's taken away from that real life. And knowing Pete, it'll be very amusing whilst also very sobering, Yeah, I imagine. Um, but uh, the flip side of that is, of course, he does a, he's very well known for his wreck photography. Yeah. And a uh, p- big part of any wreck photography is the lighting and how you get the lighting and how you do this. So he's doing a workshop on lighting and, mm. um, you know, to pick up tips and tricks from, from the pros that, that do this all the time yeah. is invaluable, really. And they're so generous with their, you know, advice. And Matty's doing, um, he specializes in over and under. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we've all seen a lot of his photography. I need to, I need to catch up with him. I've never met him. Oh, um, I'll catch gorgeous. up with him at the show because I want to jump on one of his courses. Yeah. Yeah. He's not but, far from here. No, no. He? he lives in the South Coast. Yeah. yeah he's just south of Sydney. Yeah. Um, he's a UK dive uh, photographer of the year currently. Yeah. yeah. Plus all the other mega awards that he's had. <laughs> um, so he's going to do that. Uh, Matt is, loves black and white photography mm-hmm. so that's quite an interesting time and and sometimes that's from taking a color photo and making it into black and white so. yeah so he'll be talking about that and those those workshops will be available for someone who just comes to the show yeah so, so that's like the general access it's your general yeah. access so in the the general access which is uh, 45 dollars to come in you can do all your photography all your workshops we will have all our photo our um, competition just finished mm-hmm. so now they'll we'll go through the judging process we'll print all the winners and and they'll all be um on show um Plus, there's a couple of girls who have commenced Liquid Lens, which is a essentially it's a a more of a support group for. No, I won't say support group. That sounds tragic, but <laughs> it's a space where for essentially women, because a lot of women photographers, um, we're not always quite as forthright as we might like to be. So it's a bit of a safe space, and they had also started a, a competition. So. The winners of their competition will also be up on the wall to encourage people to get into photography and give it a go and yeah. not be, you know, put off by 
I don't know, perceived that they might not be good enough or something. Yeah, yeah it's all very... I think that's, that's one of the big things, though, with photography. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female, but, you know, you start taking good photos and there's still that apprehension to put into a competition because you look at the stuff and go, holy crap, that stuff is it's just next level. Yeah, that's right. Well, you say that, but you kind of have to start, don't you? Mm. Um, and I think one of the changes that we made, uh, it always used to be an open, so people from everywhere could, could enter. Mm. But what we found, or what I found was that we, we had the same brilliant photographers from not, uh, you know, not in Australia necessarily, yeah. who won all the time. Yeah. So I thought, well, that's, we're not really, it's not that I don't want to encourage anyone else. I'm all up for everybody doing everything, but mm. hey, we are in Australia yeah. and New Zealand. So we've made it now predominantly. There's only one category that's open. Good. Um, and everything else is for Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. And that, that brought a whole load of new photographers, um, and I, that was really gratifying to see that. Yeah. Um, I, it'll be interesting this year because, of course, we've had two years of people not really being able to move around much. So mm. I, I think that will be quite interesting to see, it's, well, see what comes out. It'll, it'll affect it to a degree. But from the ones that I've seen so far, I'm, I'm pretty excited to get them up there. Yeah. I think, I think it's actually an advantage because the local divers because you've been restricted to diving locally you just got better and better and better yeah at the particular shots you're looking at yeah and knowing your environment and i think that's a key part of taking a good photo is knowing your environment yeah absolutely I, i'm just thinking of like this this sydney viz facebook group here there's like over six and a half thousand people in it now and i've got a little group for you know, snapping shots of sea slugs nudibranchs yeah and um the shots that are coming in are just insanely good and it's all people that you know, wouldn't necessarily put up a photo two years ago, and now they're winning competitions. I know it's so good. I, yeah. I, I really, you know, enjoy that. And this year, I put in a, a creative category. Okay. Because, um, you know, we you do use Photoshop a lot more. People using Photoshop a lot more, and there's nowhere to put some of this. And when I mean creative, I mean. Not just fixing up a photograph. I'm yeah. actually creating something, maybe melding or slicing um, pictures together. Yeah. And I had no idea how that was going to go. I just thought, well, we'll bang it out there. We'll see what happens. And, you know, but there's some very, very interesting images that are coming in through that. And um, one photographer said to me, well, actually, Sue, this is really good because I spent a lot of COVID time messing around on the computer with my photos, making stuff, making yeah. images that you couldn't ever shoot because it's, it would be impossible. Yeah. Um, but I've got nowhere to, nothing, nowhere to put them. Yeah, yeah. Can't show them anywhere. It gives you a kind of um, break point as well because I think we're we're now in that we're now in that point where digital era you've got photos and you've got images and there's there's a very grey line between where a photo stops and an image starts. Yeah. So I think that's a very good shrewd move. Yeah. G'day listeners, Rod the producer here. Just wanted to take 30 seconds and highlight that Scuba Goat is working with Oztech so you can purchase your tickets direct from the show notes. Matt's going to be at the show both days. Don't forget to drop by and say hi and see if he's carrying any free goodies. 
Finally, if you don't already, we'd appreciate a follow, like or share via social media. Whether Instagram, Twitter or Facebook as you go, you can search for Scuba Goat or click the links in the show notes. We'll see you there. Well, I, I mean, I, you know, I love, I, I think that's partly because of my history of journalism and being on the magazine and everything. Obviously, images are mm. very, very important. So you're always looking for that front cover or, you know, the story and, you know, without the images and without the video, mm. most of the speakers would, you would, wouldn't even, you know, you wouldn't know about them. Yeah. You'd never hear about what they, so it's, Imagery is incredibly important part of mm. any type of diving, whether it's just bringing home, look what I saw today. That's so yeah. fantastic. Now, the video and the images that you can take pretty well right off the bat are super. Like yeah. They're really good. So, And it's highly addictive, isn't it? Highly addictive. <laughs> Even for, you know, I love video, partly because I'm not a particularly good photographer and I don't have the patience and I don't have um, – the time, you know, I just, I, you've got to really work. To be a proper photographer, you really got to put a lot of time in. It's my little video, you know. <laughs> and then I can uh, edit that and it's, but gee, I'm thrilled with what I come back with sometimes. Yeah. It's just terrific. Is there a particular camera that you tend to use? No, I started with um, a, a camera that could take photos and had quite a big rig, if yeah. you like, you know, and it was like quite cumbersome. Yeah, and I had a, you know, it, so it, I had a, a an SLR in a, in a, I mean, initially I started with a little Sony snapshot thing and then I migrated into a, um, a proper, I say proper SLR in a, in a housing with, you know, strobes and camera and video and everything. And I got sick of lugging it around. And I remember going diving with, um, Pete Mesley in New Zealand for his birthday, he had a significant birthday and, and uh, we were all over there. And Samir, who is also a very good, un, you know, technical diver, they're all on rebreathers and I'm just in my normal, you know, scuba equipment. Mm -hmm. And he comes along with this little tiny rig that he'd taken off his SLR with a GoPro in the middle and two small video cameras. Mm -hmm. And off he goes, comes back with amazing i'm like what am i doing carrying me okay if i was a professional it's a whole different ball game but mm. what am i doing with this enormous lugging this stuff around so i ditched it all and kept only kept the frame and did pretty much what samir has done and and have loved it ever since so yeah. i do have a just a little gopro and two little video lights and it's on a little frame makes it really easy and it's weighs nothing it's great yeah to be honest, a couple of years ago when I was in the Galapagos, I, I took my big rig. The missus took um, a few GoPros yeah. and about four or five dives into it. Uh, definitely by the time we got up to Darwin's Arch, I ditched my rig and just used one of the GoPros. It was just so much easier and the stability now. From I think it was the GoPro 7 we had, so the, the auto stabilization had just been brought in. Yes. So it just made everything really simple, especially yeah. for strong currents. Yeah, it is. And you can see now. You know, mm. I think the my original GoPro, you couldn't see what you were doing. Yeah, just point and shoot. I just, I can't do that. Yeah. That just makes no sense to me. Yeah. Um. So it's really great that you can, you've got a little screen on the back that you can see. At least you've got whatever it is you're trying to take in the shot somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the issue of seeing what you were doing was amplified for me a couple of years ago when the eyes started to fade. Yes. And then having to use readers to look at the back of the camera. The amount of configurations that I went through before I decided to 
purchase some mask lenses was ridiculous. <laughs> I know. It's sad, really, isn't it? It's a bit, but, um, but gee, what a difference. You think, wow, I've probably done several years now of not being able to see properly. Yeah. And wondering why, you know, that wasn't quite in focus. Yeah. Yeah. You think under the water, you take the shot, think, oh, that's going to be brilliant. Especially when it's little. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I know. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of that. So there's a, a lot of encouraging people. Um, and there'll be equipment there and people to ask questions and answer questions, really. And the, yeah. and the photographers are all really great in that respect. They're incredibly generous with their time and their, you know, wanting people to learn and, yeah. and what have you. So, yeah. So there's, so there's that side. So we're, encouraging a lot more people to you know merge mm. come and find out don't be put off like i mm. was or think that you might be put off i mean there there are definitely going to be some some talks you you probably would you know you won't want to go and see yeah but there is going to be a lot more that you will yeah um you know we've got john garvin and kirk crack both of which have worked in movies forever um, John um, has worked with James Cameron on, on most of his last one. He's the integral um, sort of diving coordinator. He runs all the diving for all James Cameron's and then the last Avatar 2, which mm -hmm. is, you know, about to come out. And uh, he's the one who adapts all the equipment and works with all the manufacturers to, you know, make it happen and... Yeah. Um, so, you know, just fascinating stories that, uh, and Kirk, you know, brought in because they decided to do it, um, uh, have the, the, um, the main actors free diving. Okay. It works much better on a green screen. I'll let them tell you all about that. Yeah. And, you know, so he taught a lot of, uh, you know, Sigourney Weaver and Kate Winslet and all that, how to dive and, uh, and why they do it and how they do it. Um, and they use a lot of nitrox and, you know, mixed gas. So there's, there's loads of sort of interesting parts. It doesn't really matter whether you're not a diver or mm. you've just started to dive or you're interested in how they do it from a technical perspective using the gases that they do. Yeah. There's something in that for everybody. So uh, that's what we're hoping to do is really just get people enthusiastic and, mm. and open it's amazing how, you know, we've got J.P. Imbert, who is essentially a commercial diver, but obsessed with algorithms to try and make it safer. But he does a lot of work in the tunneling space, you know, where they tunnel under, you know, water and, you know, at depth, essentially, to yeah. create roads and what have you. And, of course, a lot of the workers then are at depth. So they, they're using mixed gas now and they flood the tunnels with mixed gas to keep everybody safer. Right. And, and you know, who, we're never going to do that. You and I are never going to go down there and do that. Hell no. And so, <laughs> hell no, but fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Cause most of it's autonomous, you know, that, the, you know, but they all have to be worked on and you've got engineers and you've got people who fix it. And, you know, they can't be going in in a spacesuit mm. to try and do that stuff. Mm. So what do you do? Yeah. So yeah. So it's, there's, there's a vast range of, um, you know, areas where diving is, is a very important part of, um, of, of the business, if you like, or the, the, Every everyday life, effectively. Everyday life mm. that we just often don't know about. Yeah. 
So it's uh, it's very good, very interesting. Well, one, one of the things I, I've brought up a few times now is that bridging the gap between recreational and technical diving, because even even as a multi agency recreational diver, I don't know that much about the tech side of things apart from you know having chats with the likes of Chris and Paul Toomer and yeah. uh, Jeffrey Glenn, and it's um, it's just chit chat stuff that you pick up and the obvious stuff that you can see from SDI TDI online. Um, so I'm, I'm actually at the moment, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of, of putting myself through the lower levels of technical training and recording it all and, and documenting it, yeah. you know, kind of making a video out of it. I think, I think that would be a very good idea. I mean, interesting enough, I've been diving consistently for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I, one of the things I said in Garrus is that, you know, when I think about the sort of diving that we did when I was, you know, knew nothing, hmm. um, or not enough, you know, don't know what you don't know type stuff. It makes me feel physically ill now <laughs> because we are so we are so much safer. Yes. Um, and I, so I consider myself extremely lucky to be here. But um, it's all horses for courses. I mean, what is a technical diver? So for me, um, I've done ice diving mm-hmm. and I dive in a in a dry suit have done for years because I'm a complete wimp and get really <laughs> cold so you know and I've done lots of different courses um but I've I've never needed or felt that I wanted to pick up all that technical partly because I'm not very good at maths for a start right I think there is you do it helps if you have a certain brain yeah and then um I I booked a core I booked a trip that I'd wanted to go on forever to dive in Antarctica and had never never done and put off and too expensive or it's this or it's that and then I decided right just do it and then got uh, decided why well, if I'm going to go and do this trip I need to make sure that I'm I'm not going to blow it when I get there I don't want to get there and find that I haven't done enough training and I haven't done mm. enough so I'm a bit like you. I interview lots of people and I know lots of people who do extraordinary things and have never really done it myself. So I thought, well, okay, I'll go and do the GUE fundamentals. That seems like a pretty good place to start. Everyone says what a good course it is, that you learn a lot out of it. It's good for trim. <laughs> so off we go, do my GUE fundamentals. And it was a real, I loved the learning. It was probably the first course I'd done in maybe 10, 15 years, like a, as a complete student. And I really loved it. But I found it difficult because I dived a certain way for 30 years. Mm. And they wanted me to dive in a different way. And... um yeah, I had to unlearn a lot of stuff. Just scratch not, everything. Not that it was bad. It's just a different way of, of doing it because they're basically teaching you to do more technical, more expedition. You know, the mm. whole idea is that you get the fundamentals for that journey. Yeah. Um, and I'd all, never been on that journey per se. And I tell you, it's completely addictive. Yeah. I loved the learning. I loved the being challenged. I didn't like not being able to do it. Um, so I've continued on and ironically, I've, I've gone down this sort of slightly technical, more technical path because I've wanted to continue the learning, mostly to do the training. Yeah. Because ultimately, the more training you do, the more practice you do, the more comfortable you are, 
and you can go anywhere. Mm. Well, within reason. Within reason, yeah. <laughs> anywhere, rec- you know, pretty well recreational all yeah. around the planet and be, be, be comfortable. And that's yeah. a good thing, I think. So, yeah. So I would recommend that you do that. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think one of my fears that has prevented me from doing it so far is that I do have an addictive kind of personality where if I get excited about something, I am a kid at Christmas. Yeah. And looking at the costs of, yeah. of tech side of things, I could see the missus frowning quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, I, yeah, I completely understand. Like I, I, I would, uh, I have a, a real draw to rebreathers, mm. but I'm not sure I, you have to do, you have to do what, the sort of diving that you do. And the reality is the majority of my diving doesn't really warrant having a, a rebreather. And, and there are big patches where I don't go diving, like, you know, in the lead up to Oztech, if I'm lucky, I might get a couple of dives in and uh, I'm not diving as regularly as you like. And yeah. one thing you do need to do with a rebreather is, you know, keep up the hours and keep up your skills and this, that and the other stuff. I'm not sure yeah. I do it justice. I, although I still haven't exactly written off a recreational rebreather. Yeah. Because that's much simpler, of course. Yeah. So there's there's lots of – and then would that make me a technical diver if I had a, a recreational rebreather, i.e. you only fill it with nitrox? And, yeah. I mean, years ago, nitrox was fully technical. It was, yeah. And now it's every day and every day gas. So mm. we're already merging. Um, so I'm a, I'm a side mountain diver. Is that no. recreational or no, is it technical? I'd no, say that's technical. Yeah. But then some, most people look at it and go, oh, it's just two tanks, one either side. It's not, like you say, a, a rebreather or. But it's, it's a different way. Mm. It's, it's not the single tank on the back. Yeah. You know, if you, if you dive in twins, is that technical? So, oh, right. so yeah. now I, I do dive in twins, although I really That must be like fun carrying them down to the dock. <laughs> it's not. And, the, and as I'm, you know, not a spring chicken anymore, I do think sometimes, okay, well, you know, if I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'll be in smaller cylinders. Mm. I'm not going to be lugging those things around it because it's, that makes it not fun. Yeah. You know, and I don't yeah. want it to be not fun. I just want to be able to have a bit more time do slightly deeper dives um, and see the things that I, you know, safely. It's about safety, actually, because it's not that I haven't been down there. It's just that I don't think I ever really did it safely when when I was younger. Mm. Yeah. And I think a lot of older divers would agree. Yeah, I've come across a lot of old and bold. You know, this is how we've always done it kind of thing. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not that, I'm not an older, well, I'm old, but I'm not, uh, I like to be safe. Yeah. You know, I'd like to think that I've learned something over the years. And You'd hope so, wouldn't you? you? Think, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. But, and that's what Oztech's about. Yeah. Oztech and the Ozdive show is about learning what's out there. It's about poking your toe in to see, listen to the story, see if it's going to be interesting for you. Mm. Um, even crossing it off the list. I don't think we ever cross anything off completely. Mm. Um, but it and it's it's just fascinating looking at all the different types of uh, diving that people are doing out there. So, well, I, th- I think the thing with a with with a, with a show is that you get the opinion of so many people. Yeah. You know, when you when you go on a liverboard and there's someone there that's a technical diver, and you've only got that one person's opinion on a particular type of equipment or style of diving, 
at the dive show, you can talk to as many people as you want. And people that are there are there because they want to talk about their experiences and, yeah. you know, um, their their advice on the, the different styles of equipment and, and styles of diving that they're doing. And I think most people, uh, most people today are, and the shops and the, you know, the training agencies are way more open. Mm. You know, they're not, in in a lot of ways, we'd quite like to get rid of the word technical yeah, and just stick to a, maybe advanced because, you know, you're a side mount, so theoretically you're a technical mm. diver. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, I mean, I don't know, I dive twins now, not always, but if I want to practice and, and I'm off to do something a bit deeper and I want to take more gas with me. Mm. As Paul Toomer says, you can, no one ever dies of not having enough gas. Yeah. So you might as well take it with you if you can. Um, does that make me a technical diver? I don't know. Probably more, a little bit more. Mm. But I would say learning to adapt, learning new skills, learning to work with different people to adapt is is really, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. You know. And there's huge advantages as well. I mean, that you can look at the the differences of recreational to tech by, you know, extending that depth or extending that reach into yeah. caves and caverns, extending that, that bottom time. Mm. Um but then there's the stuff that makes it even grayer is as a photographer, do you want to spend three hours at 15, 20 meters? In which case you need to be looking at the, you know, the rebreather kind exactly. of thing to get close to whatever you want to photograph and stay there for the duration. Well, I mean, you might not even want to be a, photo a photographer. You might just want to go down there and be with animals yeah. and just be there, no bubbles and have because, uh, you know, Apparently, the interaction is uh, is incredible when you're on a rebreather. I, I saw it firsthand at Fish Rock a couple of years ago, and my mate was on his rebreather. I'm on a you know standard single cylinder, and just the grey nurses that were there. And as soon as they got near me, if I breathe, they'd disappear. Mm. Uh, Barney's just swimming around doing his own thing, and it's as though he wasn't there. Yeah. They were oblivious to him being there. It's a, it's incredible. I did. I uh, was very lucky and did a um, a trip to French Polynesia, and we did the uh, the um, what was it called? Uh, we were down at Fakarava, and you've got the sort of cabbage tree gropers, and they have this huge. Um, they do the mating ritual. Yeah, kind of thing, the mating ritual, mm. which has a word which I've forgotten you know one of those moments and and we were all there and we they've got this massive shark gutters and like 13,000 fish are all and they're quite big you know that are all doing their thing and milling around and getting excited about what's about to happen or not about to happen or is happening and of course it brings in about 700 sharks mm. so it's full on like there's action everywhere and we were because we had bubbles we were only allowed to sit at the top of the this sort of shark um, gutter, if you yeah. like, this big shark gutter, which was pretty good. I'm not complaining. It was brilliant. But interestingly, Laurent Balesta, who, you know, is a big French, um, he's a marine biologist, photographer, rebreather, very technical, this, that, and the other. He, um, they had a film crew down there and they were filming a documentary and they were all in the gutters. Like they were all down there in their rebreathers and red wetsuits looking very cool <laughs> and, and not disturbing anything. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that has a massive appeal yeah. for, for, I reckon, any recreational diver. Mm. 
And the um, conservation side of things as and well. And the conservation yeah. side of it, yes. Bubbles, you know, everything. Yeah. There's a lot to be, there's a lot to be said. In fact, we're having a panel on, um, well, like the panel is more about whether rebreathers are going to overtake deep, um, technical mm. open circuit diving because, um, you know, and I don't, well, I've got my own opinion, but we'll let the experts do a panel. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. Who's uh, on the panel then? The panel will be, well, there'll be, uh, Michael Menduna will, is facilitating it. Uh, there'll be Paul Toomer, Richard Taylor, who's a big advocate for definitely not. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not quite sure who, it might be Simon Mitchell or, you know, so basically the, there are pros and cons, of course, mm. as there are to everything in there. Mm. And uh, it's a bit like the other discussion with Bill Stone that they're going to have is, are robots going to overtake exploration? Mm. Because how far can humans actually go? That yeah. will be a fascinating one. But, you know, maybe at the very top end, uh, but it will never stop people exploring or trying or I don't think people. I think it's in our to, nature. To, we're, we're too curious a creature yeah. not to. Yeah. You know? yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I know everyone's living their life through a you know six by three inch screen nowadays, but uh, there's a lot to be said for seeing things with your own eyes. Oh yeah, it can't be. Yeah, there's nothing like it. I've had moments where my camera's gone tits up underwater, and that initial couple of minutes of being gutted yeah. is overtaken very quickly by the reality of where you are. Yeah, and sometimes you lose that. Yeah, yeah sometimes it's nice not to have one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, we've got. So is it open just the Saturday and Sunday, or you got the tradie side of things on the Thursday, Friday? No, no, we're really limited this time um, because of the you know squeezing lots of different events into a space. So it's just the Saturday, Sunday. Okay, um, it's it's open to everybody. There's no, I mean, trade come, but mostly because they're divers. I think um, yeah. obviously there's trade there because they're the equipment and. Um, tra travel has a travel, um, will be, I think, a little bit less this time because mm. there's still, there, they were an area that was very affected. Yeah. But the, and I've got my own business. Right. I've still got the curtain over it. Um, well, just, just lifting the curtain in, in the next yeah. month. That's yeah. exactly right. So, um, and for a lot of the resorts, but there's still, um, plenty coming, which is really good. Mm. Um, and of course, the, the good thing, I think, is that, um, from Australian diving perspective, COVID was, was actually quite, quite useful. I mean, even though we were all limited to wherever we lived, um, or states predominantly, I think, um, local, what we have of, of is very underrated. Mm. I, we don't, um, we often don't realize just how fantastic the diving is. And yeah. I think a lot of people have discovered that actually a lot of the diving close by them is pretty amazing. Oh, it's ridiculously good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people have never been to, you know, Southwest Rocks mm. or Fish Rocks or Solitary Islands or. Do you know, how, you know, it's three times we've tried to, me and the missus have tried to go to Solitary. And every time it's either <laughs> the weather's got in the way and the, the well, sea this conditions. Year, this year has been particularly naff, hasn't it? It has. It's been really so. They have the, they those have definitely suffered. Anything with the needs a boat mm. has definitely suffered. I think Sydney's been quite lucky actually because they've done a lot of. Well, you've got more shore diving. Yeah, it's it's still been very very 
pants, to yeah. be honest. I mean, I, I've not dived now in Sydney for over three months. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a bit like uh, where I am. Yeah, is it? it's it's uh, so. Uh, but we do we have a lot, and and one of the interesting things is okay. This year we've taken the show to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Now we haven't. We've been once to Melbourne. Uh, well, Strikey took it to Melbourne um, a long long time ago, mm. um, and I think we felt that we needed a bit of a change, needed a bit of a change of space. the The facility there is brilliant. Yeah. So it's at the uh, MCEC, which is the Jeff Shed, but with a Renault, <laughs> Renault of Jeff Shed. And, uh, and all the speaking spaces are dedicated and, and really well done. Mm. Um, we were in the ICC. I think we'll get there, but they don't facilitate our type of show. They're, it's all very well if you're a massive corporate. Yeah. It's that and the other with squillions of dollars. But, you know, the reality is that's, that's not the diving industry. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, in 2019, we actually had to physically build the theatres where we wanted the theatres to be, um, on the, on the floor because we wanted everybody to be in amongst everything. Mm. Um, whereas Melbourne's much more organised. So they have already built a theatre inside an exhibition hall, a proper theatre. Awesome. Um, which is, which will be our sort of the main theatre. And then they have all these other speaking spaces, which are dedicated, much more comfortable. Um, in 2019, I don't know if you went, but everybody had to wear headsets. No, I I've, I've not been to a show since, since 2018, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, and it was good. It worked, but it was, it was, uh, it's nicer not to have to wear one. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you don't. So how many, how many speakers are there in total? Then? I think we've got about 44. Wow. So there's a lot of speakers. Um, and this is, uh, this is why I'd say don't not come because you think it's going to be all rebreather and yeah, deep yeah. tech and oh my God, you know, it's not, it's not. And uh, go and have a look at, uh, at who's coming and, and what the, the speaker topics will be up, yeah. um, shortly. And we're wrestling with the schedule at the moment because obviously you don't want, you want to be able to try and put different talks not back to back or next door to each other so that somebody who wants to go and see, you know, ice diving over here and yeah, it yeah. doesn't, you know, I've got two at the same time. Yeah. You don't want to be kind of having to make that choice. Over no. Which ones and that has been a big complaint about OSEC over the years is that you can't be in more than one place at once. Mm. And so you do have to pick it. But this year this, that will be different because whilst you will still have to do that if you physically come we are filming all the speakers mm. and so it they all of the talks from Oztech um conference will be available afterwards okay. so it means that if you've if you've splashed out on a conference ticket and you can still only see a third of the speakers because it's physically impossible not to be there. You can included in that ticket is uh, is your on demand run, and it's up. being professionally run. So you're going to have several months after that to catch up on all the other speakers. So it'll be a proper broadcast. Really, it's a really lovely platform. Yeah, which we're about to uh, announce. So you're the first one to officially hear that. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, yes. well, we'll put that out there. <laughs> yeah, so it's, that is very exciting. So you, you're not going to be like you can you can see everything. Yeah, yeah, and of course, there's. I, I did notice that there's a little after party as well at the end yes. of the show. Yes. Well, traditionally we've had this very. Sort of, I wouldn't say posh because we're the diving industry, but a, a gala dinner 
yeah. you know, the awards and everything, and the awards are coming up. And we do do some awards for people who are doing extraordinary things, and um, and that's good. But I wanted, I wanted to bear in mind that people have had a tough time, particularly in Melbourne. They've had a bit of a tough time. And, you know, a traditional gala awards, you know, meat or fish or whatever, mm. is expensive. Yeah. Very expensive. And so I thought, well, no, I just don't want to do that. I want to do something that's a bit more cash, a bit more fun. So we've got the decompression party. It's uh, We're taking over the Melbourne public, which is this divine, big, converted sort of wool shed type cross pub thing. Yeah. Uh, which is right next door to the actual conference center. So, you know, from, and all the hotels. Yeah. So from a stagger perspective, that's <laughs> really good. Um, we've always previously been kicked out of a formal gala dinner at sort of 10 or 11 and had to find somewhere else to party on. Yeah. Whereas this one, we can get in at six and get out at one, okay. um, which I think will probably be enough. For that, that's not too far, people. actually, from the casino if people want to go. No, next really door. Hard. It's next yeah. door to the casino, pretty much. So if people really need to move <laughs> on, the casino is open 24 hours. And, uh, and so that will be great because yeah. it will be – we can get a lot more people in it. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot less expensive. Uh, the early people will get the what we call the full table. So that will be you know booze and food and the awards presentation. And then if you're busy or you're you don't want you're not you don't want to do that, you can come later and join us after eight thirty, and um, get you know three drinks included and buy your own food if they're going to keep the kitchens open and what have you. Yeah. But we have you know we have our own rock band called oh, yeah. the Oztecs, and they are all divers. So John Garvin, who's a professional musician, um, apart from doing all his film work, is our, our lead singer and uh, lead guitar player. Michael Menduno is a professional bass player. Um, Samir does the drums. And then we have a sort of a collection of other divers who all play music and they're busy practicing away so it's great fun you do you do know that paul tumor used to be in a band as well didn't you yes i'm sure he'll get up and have a swig <laughs> i have no doubt and, and he... i'm hearing all this we're going to be in a pub having some food yeah there's no real dress code so he can put his doc martins on Indeed. and there's live band yeah i know heaven heaven yeah yeah it'll be it'll be i'm actually really excited about that that yeah. i always just get a bit stressed out about the goal of dinner because you know and uh this, I think, is more in tune with us. It, yeah. And really the whole idea, the, the bit that people liked most about the Gala Dinner was getting together with everybody. Yeah. And, you know, you don't need all the gubbins that go with it, I don't think. No. I'm the first one to put my hand in the air, especially if there's a beer involved or a whiskey. I'm super keen on that. Yeah, so that will be really good. And that's on the Sunday night. Mm -hmm. Now, for Victorians, it's not a public holiday. But it is for us. Yes. So for anyone heading into Melbourne, you've got the Monday to go and do something else uh, and recover from our decompression <laughs> party and, you know, make a, make a weekend of it. Yeah. So I think it will be it'll, – it'll work well. Yeah. I think we're going to go – we're going down for a good few days. I think we go down, fly down on a Thursday evening and stay through to the Tuesday morning. And we've had brilliant buy-in from the local shops. I bet. Yeah. Really been fantastic. Mm. Um, there are a lot of the local um, stores are going to be there. Mm -hmm. um, 
the uh, the charter operators there have all brought out specials if somebody wants to come into Melbourne and sample a bit of Melbourne diving. Mm. So that's worth looking out for on the website. So keep your eyes peeled for that because Melbourne has brilliant diving. Yeah, It's got everything. It's got, you know, it's a bit... So it's got the whole gamut mm. and it's very underrated. Um, it is temperate, you know, the, so that's probably why. Um, well, I, le- I learned very quickly when I come into this country that Melbourne can get four seasons in one day. Indeed. Literally. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And uh, But ironically, underwater, it's reflected. So you've got yeah. all the corals and, you know, some really super you know reefs and and ledges and what have you and mm. seals and and all of that but you've also got a lot of wrecks you've got all the submarines they've got um it's is it canberra hmas canberra i think not, too okay, not sure yeah. anyway they've got a big one of the big um you know ships yeah um as well as a whole load of other wrecks and everything yeah yeah, that's right. There's a lot of archaeology. So we've got... Um, um, Matty Carter's from down that way, isn't he? Yeah, Matt, Matt's down there. So he's talking. He'll be talking about his latest projects. And, and he tells me he's got a big announcement that's going to blow us all away. So yeah. I can't even tell you what that is, but that will be good. But we've also got two scientists from the Marine uh, Maritime Museum here. So Kieran Hostey and James Hunter, uh, who were integral in the discovery of the Endeavour okay. over in America. And there's a bit of contention around that. Do you remember that? And they'll tell us all about how that was discovered, because that's significant from an Australian perspective. Yeah. Um, but also there's a bit of interesting manoeuvring politically <laughs> around that which they'll you know tell us all about no doubt yeah uh, so that's very interesting so there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of very interesting topics that there's, yeah. there's something for everybody really yeah. Yeah. then um on the uh, display side of things yeah um how many people are Turning out and having booths, as it were. I know Gareth and Mike have got a booth. Yeah, Gareth and Mike have got a booth. Um, it's, uh, as I said, there's a great turnout from Melbourne. Mm. Uh, we've got the a lot of equipment uh, there from sort of AUP, from so Tusa, Tabata, range of things. Um, Halcyon, Santee, a lot of dry suits. Of course, yeah. it's, you know, dry suit is a, for Melbourneites would be... Well, I can't imagine not having one, frankly, <laughs> yeah. if you were a regular diver in Melbourne. And I'm sure there are still some very tough people who get in their 10 mil wetsuits and go off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of that. There's We've got jewellery. We've got apparel, fourth element. You know, it's, there's, there's a whole there's a whole range. Um, probably not everybody yeah. will be there, but it, that's just how it works sometimes. Yeah. It's going to be good. It's, I mean, it's the first proper gathering, isn't it? Yeah. After what, yeah. Two, two and a half years now? Yeah, two and a half years. So yeah. the, the last proper gathering really was probably Oztec in 2019, Yeah, I would say. Um, so we're all really looking forward to it. Um, and everybody down there is really excited, which mm. is great. And I'm really pleased that um, – and, and I think also it's worth noting that the um, Melbourne – or Victorian government were the first to come out with COVID event cancellation insurance because it's a big risk. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe you can afford it if you're a big corporate, but if you're a small business, it's pretty tough. And mm. so if it all goes pear shaped, you'd be out of business. 
Um, but the Victorian government recognised that, and so they brought out specific COVID event cancellation insurance, so that if if something happened, you everybody gets their money back. Yeah, yeah. And that's important because I I, I don't know about you, but I, I've got a lot of money floating around in various credits and flight credits and bits and pieces yeah. so it's good to know that it actually will come back to you yeah and that, that's that's why i closed down the medic scuba as soon as as soon as all the lockdown started i had people wanting to book and i i, I flatly refused i said no we're not doing anything until yeah. we know the reality of what's going on and i'm glad we did that yeah i think you know? we were very wise it's a bit a little bit detrimental to the you know the growth of the business but hey ho yeah. You know, we just start again. Yeah. Um, but no one's losing money. That's the main thing. Yeah. That's right. very important. Um, and it's good if you, you know, because if you're coming from New, New South Wales, you've, you've got to get to Melbourne and you've mm. got to stay somewhere. And we do have some deals on the website. So, but Melbourne itself is, let's face it, a bit more exciting than Sydney at the moment. Yeah. They have, I've really enjoyed going down there and working out, you know, where, where everything's being and their nightlife is much more vibrant mm. than ours and they've got great food and pubs all over the place and little laneways i just the coffee the coffee the coffee oh you know it's just <laughs> fantastic so the whole atmosphere is really um it it's just alive at the it, it's set up for socializing isn't it it sets up for just having a great time with people um, it's very pretty, mm. you know, Melbourne, where, you know, we're on the river. Yep. You can pretty well walk anywhere. So it's, it's, it's very, it's great. I'm really looking forward to it because everyone said, Oh, Melbourne. It's like, well, they've come to the party. Yeah. You know, we're all here. It's, uh, they've all been coming up to Sydney all these years. So yeah. yeah. Why not? Time for a change. Time for a change. That's yeah. it. That's good it. call. Good yeah, call. I think it's good. Yeah. And um, people can book uh, tickets online, obviously. Tickets can be booked online. Yep. No problem at all. Okay. If you, uh, you can come and buy a ticket. And also, we'll have single speaker tickets. So if you're not sure you want to buy a, a conference ticket. Yeah. Um, then you can come in and pay 45. And if there's that one speaker or two speakers you really want to do, then you can buy a single speaker ticket and just go and see that one. And then it would be, but I, 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 uh, I reckon that if you did that, you'd come straight back out and buy a yeah. day pass or whatever. Ah, uh, then we're taking a plunge. Yeah. We're just doing both days and the after party. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, the job lot. It's, yeah. <laughs> you won't, you won't uh, be disappointed. Yeah. Well, we'll put a um, we'll put a link in the show notes as well, so that you can uh, well, you can direct people straight to you know purchasing tickets. Get your tickets now. Yes. Um, what we haven't mentioned is the fact that um, Oztech actually has its own podcast, doesn't it? Oh yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> we so this started when we decided that we were going to do on demand, mm. um, and in 2019, whilst we didn't film everything because there just wasn't the budget, we weren't quite there. The platforms weren't there mm. yet, not yeah. good ones anyway. Um, but we did um, take all the audio from the speakers, and so we've created this podcast that now plays back some of the talks mm. that we've had in 2019. Now, bearing in mind that it's a surprising how well they translate, considering that they're actually given on a, on a stage with pictures. 
So you're hearing the audio, but mm-hmm. you obviously can't see the pictures apart from the few bits and bobs that I put in to the, um, you know, the information or what have you. Yeah. Um, and we can give you lines to go off and this, that and the other. But they've been really good. And I've really enjoyed listening back to them. Mm. Like the, the, I think the latest one was Paul Toomer and he did. Um, and he's so, you know, such a straight shooter. Yes. That uh, and he's a very good presenter, and he he doesn't care. I mean, okay, he is a member of of um, you know a high profile training agency, but he doesn't care about that. No, he just wants people to get out there, get diving, be safe, and uh, that's one thing that I really I really admire about him. He's always first in, say, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll give it a go, and um, and it's, consequently, he's a very entertaining and, and good speaker and doesn't mess around, you know. Yeah, he's very passionate about it, isn't he? Very passionate mm-hmm. about it. It's it's very good. So we've had some great talks that have were, you know, presented in 2019 and it was a good excuse to introduce some people to a little bit of what you might expect. Yeah. Um, well, you can put it out there if uh, on your podcast if you want anyone that's going down to present this year. Uh, the more than welcome to hit me up and come on here as well. I will. I yeah. will. And I will. It'll only cost about $1,000 a minute. I don't charge much. <laughs> I'm sure I'll be queuing up. That's it. Well, no. And there's, and we do have a lot of, we have so much talent yeah. in this country. I mean, we, we have brought in obviously talent from outside, but really we punch well above our weight, especially if you include New Zealand. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So uh, we do pretty well down here. It's good. And it's it's nice to know that actually Oztech is um, very well thought of in other countries as well. So hopefully with the being able to actually see it all now on demand, we'll get a lot more international interest in the Australian diving industry because mm. they'll be able to just see what we do have here. That, that's a bit. That's actually a very good point because, again, thinking back to when I first came to Australia, you know, there's there's locations that you can go diving, but that trying to find that information online isn't necessarily that easy because there's just so much information online nowadays. That's right. So to have something like, you know, for example, podcast, a, a, a dive show, um, to somewhere that you can get hold of the accurate information. It, it's it's paramount. We need to change the way everything's going at the moment so that people can find that information. Yeah. And also not only just the, the information, but the right place to go and get mm. it. Yeah. And go, you know, go to the right people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 pretty exciting. Um, and it's a bit daunting, the whole online thing, to because you think, well, but I think from an international perspective, they haven't had a show since way before. Mm. So for all of the people internationally who are interested, they'll be tuning in, I have no doubt. And so it's a pretty good opportunity for us to to, uh, to flog Australia yeah. and Melbourne and, and everything else so that um, with a bit of luck, they'll all come and do some diving down here. Yeah, so right. Yeah. So they should. Yeah, me, I agree, <laughs> totally. Well, Sue, we've been going for around about an hour or so. Um, I better round it up or wrap it up and let you hot foot it back up home um is there anything that we've not covered that you'd like to cover before we close down i don't 
think so. Um, we will be, uh, we're going to be asking people to vote on a t-shirt design. We've had a t-shirt design competition. Oh, yeah. So we need everybody to have a look at that. And we will be putting out nominations for awards. So keep your eyes peeled on that. But otherwise, you know, keep watching the websites and hmm. book those tickets. Get your tickets. Work yeah. Out. Let's have a sellout. Yes. Um, yeah. Give me all those details. I'll put them in the show notes as well. Lovely. Happy days. Perfect. Thank you so much for dropping by. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's been a delight. And we'll have several beers in October. Yes, several. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Thanks for listening, folks. Bye for now. Bye. This is Scuba Goat Under the Sea. The podcast for the inquisitive diver.